All right. Wardy. How's it going? Wardy. Oh, Wait. my God. I am bricked up right now, dude. I'm not talking about the wall behind me. Oh. I am on cloud <laughs> fucking nine right now. You got to get some hype in the chat to our 2000 live viewers here on YouTube. Guys, if you're listening in audio, this is Believe in Queens, a breaking news live stream, episode 36. Myself, Wardy, and Joe Sorallo. We're going to be answering comments. It'll be unorthodox a little bit if you're listening over audio, but we had to do a live podcast that's combined with our live stream here on Wardy NYM right now. Uh, big news for the Metropolitans. They haven't only signed Jose Quintana, a $26 million deal over two years, trading for Brooks Raley, a stud southpaw for their bullpen. That will be what Joel Rodriguez was never going to be in Queens. And now tonight, at the time of recording this, they signed Brandon Nimmo, eight years, $162 million extension, re-signed rather, and did also sign more than likely their Adam Adovino replacement on a one-year $10 million deal and veteran right-hander David Robertson. So, Joe, raw reactions. How pumped up are you? I, I'm, oh, my I'm God, dude. By this. I'm going to have really to, am. like, what, what was that? I'm floored by this. I, I'm blown away. Yeah, I, I got to, right like, now. keep adjusting my pants right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> dude, I am so freaking stoked. Look, the Brandon Nimmo deal, I, I mean – you know, some people could look at that and be like, why are you so excited, right? He's a He's been a Met his whole career. This isn't like you just signed someone new. But this was so important. We talked about the outfielders in this free agency class from the start, and it was Aaron Judge and then Brandon Nimmo. And, you know, if you lost Nimmo, maybe you'd go get a Cody Bellinger. Maybe you'd get like a Mitch Hanniger, move someone else to center field, right? Uh, there, there was the guy that the Red Sox signed from Japan, another corner outfield option. All those guys were gone. It was Nimmo or bust. If the Mets didn't get Brandon Nimmo, who were they going to get? Kevin Kiermeyer, Gold Glover, but hits like a buck 80 at this point in his career. I mean, this was a must. And, you know, people are saying that they overpaid. First off, I mean, we have Uncle Stevie. I don't care about that, right? You ever see the movie Other People's Money? It ain't my money. I really don't care. But when you look at, did we overpay for Brandon Nimmo? Yes, 162 mil is probably more than anyone expected. But 20.5 mil per year for eight years. Yeah, when you look at the yeah. AAV... It's like, you know, I mean, there were rumors about the Rockies giving him 150 mil for five years, right? Like when you look at the AAV, I think 20 mil a year is very on par, very fair for what Nemo's worth, maybe even a little less than what he's worth. Now, he got more years out of it. Therefore, he probably got a bigger total contract than we expected. Will those back end years be worth it? I'm not worried about that right now. Will Aaron Judge's back end years be worth 40 mil? Probably not. Probably not. So, I'm not worried about the eight years. I'm worried about the win now mentality. And Uncle Stevie went all in and I fucking love it. Yeah, I I'm so excited about this because there were there was concerns. I mean, we were we heard reports earlier today that were co contradictive to what we heard in the finale of the winter meetings, which was yesterday. And that was at the Mets, you know, the likelihood of them landing Brandon Nimmo was becoming more pessimistic, you know, more unlikely. And we knew how big Nimmo's market was going to be after losing, after Aaron judge came off the market. I mean, at least 10 to 12 teams wanted Brandon Nimmo. And for good reason, especially when you see him all the way at the top of the list, no one even, touches Brandon Nimmo on how pure he is of one of the better center fielders in the game available in the free agent market. So we know it was going to cost a lot, but I am in love with the fact that they landed him honestly on an eight-year deal. He may retire in New York Met, and he is oh, exactly yeah, he, he is exactly what we were hoping was going to be the situation with Jacob deGrom. And I'm so happy that, again, the thought process heading in the offseason, 
Many believe Brandon Nimmo was priority number one, including yourself, Joe. And that holds true in the end. The Mets made sure they brought back their guy. They knew how much of a hole it would be if they lost him. And now bringing Nimmo back in the fold here, they bring in David Robertson. I want to know your thoughts on him shortly. But the big thing of all, I did a video on this shortly before we went live on how Kodai Senga, the Mets are a top contender for him. And reports indicate that the Mets are even more likely to land Kodai Senga now because Steve Cohen doesn't give a shit. He's blowing right through that luxury tax. He's taxed 90% of every single dollar he spends after they sign Verlander and Quintana at around $300 million for the team. They're already at around $330 million. So we're looking easily at a $400 plus million payroll, including taxes for the 2023 season. Can, could you have ever thought, and this goes not only for you, Joe, but for every fan watching the live show on YouTube, or of course, listening wherever you get your podcast or in the comments below. Could you ever have thought this would happen with the Metropolitan team just two measly years ago? Let me hear it, dude. This is crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. It is so nice to be the richest motherfuckers in baseball, right? <laughs> I mean, and forgetting baseball, just in our, in our own city, in our own state in New York. I mean, I've got Yankee fans texting me, crying about this what a terrible contract you overpaid nimmo what were you guys thinking the mets are drunk i'm like you want to talk about overpaid you just gave aaron judge 40 million dollars a year he's gonna be making 40 mil at 37 at 38 at 39 but that's what yankee fans do they cry and you know what i love it i love watching them cry i really do enjoy misery of yankee fans they want to sit here and talk about you overpaid. That's so stupid. The best was one guy texted me. What happened to developing players through your farm system? I don't know. The Yankees never fucking tried doing that. I, I mean, you know, this is a team that wanted to buy everyone for years. They're right? coveted year after year. Miguel and Duhar, Clint Frazier. I mean, all these yeah. guys that they, they literally wouldn't even trade for Jacob DeGrom a couple years ago. Do you not like, rem like it's hilarious. They're so but, but this coveted. Is a team that their success in the early two thousands was really built on, you know, let's just sign everyone we can, right? They signed yeah. Giambi, they sign a rod, you know, Yankee fans talking about developed talent. Give me a break, right? They're hypocrites. But I mean, I don't know, man, just the amount of money that Steve Cohen has, you don't want to piss off a billionaire. That's one thing that I think applies to many different facets of life. You don't want to piss off a billionaire. And I think Steve Cohen got a little pissed off by Jake leaving, going to Texas, taking the money. Did you see that press conference uh, earlier today yep. with DeGrom? I love the vision in Texas. No, Jake, you love the tax code in Texas, not the vision. Let's be very clear about that, all right? There's no vision in Texas. There's a vision in New York. Steve Cohen saw Jake. He, he saw that press conference. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. We're spending. I don't care what taxes we have to pay. The New York Mets are spending. We're winning. The Texas Rangers are going to go 76 and 86 next year. The Mets are contending for a World Series in Queens. Yes, they are. And it's so. And again, they have to. You see Xander Bogarts. He's now a, a San Diego Padre, right? Even while they still have Tatis expected return midseason. You see the Phillies. They they land Trey Turner. They they land Taiwan Walker, of course, on that huge overpay of four years, $72 million, which Ty all the best. Happy but, for Ty. Happy for Ty. Um, oh, my God. Uh, someone is bringing up here. Then there was uh, – this is from Adam Rubin on Twitter. I just want to uh, – emphasize this quick then there was a time that the Mets agreed to trade Brandon Nimmo to the Reds for Jay Bruce and the Reds at the last minute switched it to Dilson Herrera over medical concerns yo oh my god I, remember, I, I was at the ballpark that day I was yeah, working for the Mets 2016 my second year working there man yep. and I when they announced that trade I was like please not Nimmo I saw so much potential in that kid yeah and it was I, just I was, the start of his career you know 
Yeah, I was really upset thinking Nimmo might have been the guy traded. Then they announced Dilson Herrera, and I was like, amazing. See you never. I mean, Dilson Herrera was just, you know, he, he came up what in that era of like Jordani Valdes being there were there were quite a few busts in that group. Um, also want to mention again, uh, because this this is podcast version, before we get into David Robertson, Kodai Senga, and more, I want to let everyone know again that today's show, today's episode of Believe in Queens is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs, so make sure you head over to BetOnline.ag using promo code BELIEVE at B-L-E-A-V. That way you get your 50, uh, yourself a 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline is where the games begin, and now folks, let's get more into the show. Let me address a couple of donations here quick joe and then i want to let's talk about david robertson because there is a lot of interesting things i noticed with them right away on just how perfect he is of a adam adovino replacement uh Ed hilarious comment. hold on he says yes nimbo is back i love it he's the white version of curtis granderson love it Lo- thank you so much for the dono edwin here on youtube appreciate that is there a comment you want to highlight specifically joe or was it that one no it was that one i, I okay. love it i mean he, he is really just as much a fan favorite as curtis granderson was you know grandy was my favorite when he was a met at the time and uh nimmo yep. a, a lot of people feel the same way about yeah i loved granderson back in the day he was a fan favorite for all of us nims now it's senga time absolutely thank you so much for that donation brother Let's talk now about David Robertson. So I was going over his numbers uh, separately before you joined the show here. And again, there's no higher tax. It's literally an all-in year. 100% Marin. Thank you for that donation. David Robertson with a 2.40 year rate. Expected numbers a little bit higher this past year. 11.5K per nine. Walk rate, walks per nine. Listen to this. Five. Five, yeah, right? He's got some control five. issues. We saw yeah. those in the World Series. Yeah, we did. But the crazy thing, though, is that the Mets land him at a one-year $10 million deal. This is Adam Adovino 2.0. The Mets really want David Robertson back at the traded line. He, of course, a longtime Yankee from 2008 to 2014, then was back with them for another year, year and a half, not long after. Uh, Robertson, of course, spent the bulk of his time in the Bronx when Billy Epler was the assistant GM to Brian Cashman. So they've had this great rapport, great connection for a long time. And when we saw David Robertson bounce back this season, finally gain a full workload after a couple injury-riddled years, and Philly with the Tampa Bay Rays, and then he stepped up for them in the playoffs in 20, uh, 2020, et cetera. Now you see here, or 2021 rather, now you see David Robertson ball out with the Cubs, a great first half. Mets all in on him on the trade deadline. Him and Wilson Contreras, Mets land neither. Wilson Contreras stays put. Now, of course, he's a St. Louis Cardinal on an $87 million deal worth five years and for agency. But then Robertson gets surprisingly traded to the Phillies for just one prospect. And Robertson was a help for them down the stretch of their bullpen going to the World Series. But when you look at Robertson's numbers, what's so interesting, again, is the fact that, one, we get him on a one-year deal, which I think the Mets love. Two, he very similar arsenal to what you would be getting to an extent with Adam Adovino. And three, the walk rates through the roof. Adam Adovino had a four-plus walks per nine when the Mets signed him to that one-year, $4 million deal last offseason. So I think the Mets looked at this and said, hey, we would love Adam Adovino back, but if we can't get him, Robertson at one year, only one when there's no commitment to two at going into his age 38 season, just like Adovino. How do you go wrong in this situation? So for me, I look at this deal and I think this is probably the best Adovino replacement you could have done out there on the market. Would you agree or disagree with that, Joe? 100%. I mean, I, you know, it's not even so much like when you say best replacement for Adovino, I don't know if this is your intention, but what it makes me think is that he's the next best thing. And to me, Robertson's far and away better 
than Adovino. So I'm excited. And you got him at 10 mil a year. That was kind of the number being tossed around for Adovino. I was seeing that he was looking for like a two-year, $20 million deal. I think the years might be the issue there. Right, and, and that's just speculation. Now I'm curious to see if Adovino kind of wants to come back and pitch with Robertson. That would be interesting. Oh. I wouldn't give him 10 mil. I wouldn't yeah. give him more than eight personally. And I mean, I guess maybe two mil with Steve Cohen, your nickel and diming. Sorry, but I, I just, I'm not as big on Adovino. Robertson was the guy I wanted at the trade deadline. He was the guy who I was screaming the Mets dropped the ball by not getting from Chicago. And especially you saw that Philly did not pay a high price for him at all. I wanted, needed Robertson at the trade deadline. We got him now. I cannot wait to see him in the back end of that bullpen. And don't forget Robertson. You talk about him replacing Adovino. How about the way in which he replaces Seth Lugo? Lugo last year was probably our most effective reliever, not counting Edwin Diaz, against lefties. Lugo had reverse splits, more effective against lefties than righties. Robertson, notoriously throughout his career, one of those reverse split guys who was actually way more difficult for lefties to hit. He's got that cutter that'll jam you, that sweeping knuckle curve with late bite. More difficult on lefties than righties. So, you know, for a team that has been short in the past couple of years when it comes to left-handed relief options, now we've got Raleigh, now we've got Robertson. And those, in addition to being lefty specialists, probably your two most high-leverage guys not named Edwin Diaz. I am ecstatic about this signing. I'm ecstatic about this signing, too. And to briefly touch, you know, also on Brooks Raleigh, surprise trade that happened yesterday. You know, you sign Jose Quintana, sub three-year Ray, two-year deal as your number four, number five starter. Really like that as long as you still land in number three, which the Mets are destined to do here. Jose Quintana also led all pitchers in MLB last year in home runs per nine at 0.45. Phenomenal numbers for veteran He's yeah. a bulldog, ate 165 innings last year. Still a very solid pitcher, 7.55 um, strikeouts per nine, 2.55 walks per nine. But Brooks Raley, holy smokes, is this guy a stud. A 2.68 year Ray, has a wipeout slider, had 40 of his 60 strikeouts this past season with the Tampa Bay Rays, 34-year-old. If you look at his baseball savant page, Joe, it is ridiculous. He has he's in the 98th percentile, and I believe it's what is it horizontal movement on his yeah. slider. I yeah. mean, look at look at chase rate, uh, exit yeah. velo, everything he's 95 is 95 plus in everything. He's ridiculous. And then when you look at David Robertson, for instance, Robertson's walk rate is obviously in the one percentile from last year, and again, I, that's going to change. Expected by an average in 97th percentile, yeah. K percentage 90 percentile. Curve spin, 90, uh, 75 percentile. Ex- expected slugging, 91 percentile. Whiff percentage, 90 percentile. Fastball spin rate, 99 percentile. He's well, the he most. He spins the ball as good as anyone. I mean, yeah. that's because he also, I don't even know if he throws a four seamer. I mean, his fastball just moves. You know, he's got a ridiculous cutter. And then he's got that knuckle curve, which is just, a, you know, that, the way that that ball moves is uh, just falls off a table on you. He's he's just great at spinning the ball. He's, he's great at making it dance. And, uh, I mean, you know, like I said, he's the guy I wanted last year at the trade deadline, so we finally got him. And I'm just so excited. I'm sorry for people on audio. They're like, what's going on? This was just blown away. The Mets made four fantastic moves over the past 24 hours, and they're not done. Andy Martino on SNY right now said the following. The Mets really, really, really want Kodai Senga, and they are, again, all in on landing the Japanese superstar pitcher from the MPB, who's likely going to get a deal of six years, $100-plus million. Yes, that's a tall price for a guy who's never pitched in the MLB for sure, but he's highly coveted not only by the Mets, by the Padres, by the Red Sox, and it's safe to say that the Mets, if they, they may not land 
that being in um they may not land Kodai Senga, but it's not going to go without an effort. And you could even argue that the Mets are one of, if not the top team to land him at this juncture. Like to to expand further on just exactly what is uh Martino's comments were, he said Mets really, really want Senga. And he, this is Martino saying this. And again, he's 100% right. As much as we love to joke about Andy Martino, and I don't love the guy, he has been so accurate with his reporting this offseason. I have to give a lot of credit, seriously. And he says, My personal opinion, I believe the Mets will be very, very much in on Shohei Otani next year. So landing Senga only mm. further amplifies that possibility. And he's 100% right. Whether that's trade deadline or whether that's not until next offseason, whenever Otani's officially available, the Mets are going to go all, all in on him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. If you think about that, like down the line, right now the Mets have three starters locked into two-year deals. Like currently, I would say, what, our top three starters? Verlander, yep. Scherzer. Scherzer's not a two-year deal. It's year two of a three-year deal, so two years left. So Verlander, Scherzer, Quintana all two years left on their contracts. So the Mets need to be players for Otani. The Mets need starting pitching. Cookie's on a one-year deal, right? Like the Mets are going to, you know, they they don't have a plan right now past 2024, which I'm okay with. We're in win-now mode, and that's fine. But don't think that just because we signed Verlander, Quintana, that we have Scherzer, that we're out on Otani. Because if the Mets do either, obviously, if they sign him, it's going to be a long-term deal. But if they do try to trade for him, it would be, with an understanding that there will be a re-signing involved in there. And so that would give us some long-term continuity in the rotation, which right now we don't have. So we're definitely still in on Shohei. And I think that reaffirms why the Mets, for a lot of guys, have focused more on short-term deals. You know, this is something that's been a little bit difficult for someone like, you know, our co-host Wrecker to grasp. And while Carlos Rodon would be awesome. Are you putting Wreck on blast when he's no, not, not even put, here to I'm defend himself? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I just hope I hope he understands the the standpoint here. The Mets like short-term high AAV deals. So that way, as soon as next season and the following seasons, when again Shohei Otani's free agent next offseason, the following offseason is Juan Soto if he's not extended by the Padres. These are guys that the Mets are going to be all in on. So while the Mets, I expect them to make at least one more move offensively this offseason, I don't think they're getting Carlos Correa as much as I would love him. I think he's going to go somewhere, you know, where he's going to stay true to shortstop. I think the Mets will get creative to add a little bit more of this offense along with, of course, hopefully landing a Senga, landing another reliever. But you can tell that they want to stay a consistent contender. But when those big, big fish come out, guys that will fill roles on this team, like an Otani, potentially like a Soto in a couple of years, because by then Mark can is off the books more than likely if he's not even traded this off season, which is also a possibility. Don't be surprised if one or multiple of Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, Carlos Carrasco are dealt this off season with the Mets going fully blown past the luxury tax. They're going to get creative with their money and they know that. So if they have to dump a guy somewhere to help a different position of need, knowing that they say have, an influx or knowing that they're focusing on a trade for a different bat or a different reliever, they're certainly going to consider this, those ideas. And I'm excited for that. Yeah, they definitely are. You know, it's interesting thinking of like trading an Escobar, trading a Carrasco. It's when you look at the fact that the Mets even brought Carrasco back, like that shows you how much uncertainty there was about this rotation just a few weeks ago, like quite literally a few weeks ago. Oh, do we get a Gobanis in there? Love that. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if you've uh, shown that on the screen yet, but thank you, Paul. Shout out to St. Bonaventure. Awesome. Um, 
But yeah, with Carrasco, it's like there was so much uncertainty. I mean, who did the Mets have on the books just a few weeks ago, right? It, it was Scherzer, Carrasco, Peterson, McGill. We didn't even have a fifth starter. Like Elysia Hernandez was the fifth guy for a minute. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and now it's like there's not even room for Carrasco, right? It's like dead salary weight. I mean, don't don't forget the guy won 15 games last year. He had starts where he looked brilliant, also had starts where he got shelled. But yeah, it's like right now, I mean, he is, if they get a Senga or if they bring back Bassett, Cookie's all of a sudden your fifth guy. That's wild considering where they were just a few weeks ago it's it's absolutely nuts and again i'm just i'm just still floored by the fact that the mets have managed to do all this over the past 24 hours we knew we knew that they were going to make moves and the the biggest again speculation was would the mets really be willing to go all in i I think it was safe to say and again we were talking with rec off air in our group chat how the mets literally need to with the with what other contending teams are doing, if they did not go out to this extent, and they're not done yet, we know that. But if the Mets weren't adamant like this, they would have a high payroll with nothing to work with, and it, it, it's you know it's contradictive. Why are you going to go out and spend three hundred million dollars if you have a flawed team? Right? You can't yeah. you can't hope that everything from the farm is going to benefit you. You can't hope that you're going to go all in and land everyone at the trade deadline. Cause even if the Mets go balls to the wall, crazy at the trade deadline in that scenario where say they're playing below average to their expectations, there's no guarantee that you're going to land guys. I mean, Wilson Contreras couldn't be had because they wanted Kane's ransom and then they let him go for nothing to the, <laughs> to literally the Cardinals of all places. So it must suck to be a Cubs fan right now. Barring that they don't get Carlos Correa, which very well can happen, but I don't think they're gonna. I think Carlos Correa is gonna be a Dodger. I'm I'm very confident that Carlos Correa Did you is gonna see be a reports, Dodger. Though that that likely won't happen because of how much the fans despise Carlos. Yeah, but if he's helping the Dodgers bizarre. win 105 games, they're not gonna give a shit about that anymore. Yeah, right. Like they got I, their I World agree. Series, yeah. even though it was a Mickey Mouse bullshit World Series. They got their <laughs> World Series after that in 60 games. Congrats! It's like a spring training World Series. They got it. Are you drinking a big gulp? My goodness, my Relax. good. I have not had a big gulp since I was like 12. Are you? Are you, je- are you jealous? No, I'm worried about your fucking heart. <laughs> no, I'm fine. <laughs> You're drinking it's, it's 82 water, ounces. How many ounces water. is that bad boy? Dude, I'm not even halfway done with it. Relax. Yeah, but how, how many ounces is, is oh, it? Oh, I don't It should say it on there. Looking. No, it doesn't say. It's Wawa, so it doesn't say. It's like a 64 ounce. Just It's, it's XL. That just looks like way, half of it way more caffeine ice. and sugar than you, than you should be having right probably, now. Probably, probably. But let, let's get to the point that <laughs> – I love, you, I, I love you, man. If if Carlos Correa is helping the Dodgers win 100 games and win the division against the Padres team that all of a sudden is spending money like like Steve Cohen's their owner. If Correa helps the Dodgers, they're going to like him and they're going to like him really quickly. I just think it's the best fit for him on the market. I really do. My my two teams to watch that aren't the Dodgers and aren't the Red Sox are going to be the Baltimore Orioles and a potential reunion in Minnesota. But don't the Orioles have that Gunnar Henderson kid? That's yeah, short? they had top prospects, but they've been linked to Correa. They they really pushed hard for him last offseason. Um, and I think the sneakiest team for Correa, too, is the Atlanta Braves. I don't think Dansby's returning. Um, I don't think that they've seen eye to eye at all. I could be wrong. I think Dansby's going to go elsewhere. Could, um, he, could he be going to the Cubs? He, I could see Dansby going to the Cubs the Dodgers, or even the Cardinals. Um, so those are three teams I yeah. would I would keep an eye on. And if he goes, 
I, I think that they're still going to want to upgrade by trying for Correa. They did a last-minute push behind the scenes for Correa last offseason post-lockout that not a lot of people know about. It was reported widely. Braves gave a solid offer, too. Um, and it, um, Correa, they didn't reach a deal, but they would stay in contact. And if they don't land Correa, say they lose Swanson as well, Wally Adamas from the Brewers is a trade route I could foresee them considering. Would the Brewers trade him? I mean, at the right price, they would. Didn't the guy hit like 30 homers this year? I don't know about this year. He's he's very good and very talented. But while while you might look that up, let me get to some donations quick here in the show as we're breaking yeah. down again that, yes, Brandon Nemo re-signs on an eight-year, $162 million deal to stay in Queens for hopefully the remainder of his illustrious career, and that being in David Robertson, the more than likely Adam Adovino replacement until proven otherwise or unless proven otherwise on a one-year $10 million deal for the 37, soon-to-be 38-year-old right-handed veteran. Ed, thank you so much for the dono here in the live stream. He says, Nimmo is wife material. Jake, just a one-night stand. Love that. Hell yeah. Hell <laughs> yeah. That's, that's and We've always known that Nimmo is wife material. Come on. he's a, it's, it's always about the team. It's always about someone else before it is him. Can we be can we be real about that? Like honestly, I won't even be surprised if Nimmo turned down more money to stay in Queens. 162, that's a bag. But I who, mean, probably turned down a higher AAV, but I yeah. have a feeling that's why the Mets went up to eight years because no one else was doing that. That's yeah. what my gut tells me. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Uncle Steve for president, Epler for vice president. Who says no, Jim? I'm I'm voting for it. I'm voting for my <laughs> ticket. Yeah. Steve wouldn't be the first. He wouldn't be the only corrupt guy in office. So that would work. Who out just said fun. he's corrupt? <laughs> shh, shh, he's a great owner. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know what are you talking about? Something in me still wants Carlos. Who doesn't want Carlos Rodon, Justin? Yeah. Who, who doesn't Something want- in me still wants him too. It's the blood flow that goes to a certain part of my body. Yes, I still want Carlos Rodon. Yeah, it's not going to happen though. They, they're yeah. going to they're going to get a top start. It's going to be Kodai Senga. That is their focus right now. For- or Bassett if Senga falls through somehow. I, I don't. I don't think the Mets are going to get a Bassett at, at all. Actually, I really, think you, you don't think if they don't get Senga that they would go and get Bassett right away? No, I don't. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think the Mets want to give Bassett uh, give away. Bassett's price point for a guy that probably wants a four-year deal at 33 already. Who's going to give it to him? Dodgers? Maybe Baltimore. I don't see them operating like that. Four years. How many? Like Dodgers, Padres. Padres, because Padres are going to go hard for Senga. Bassett could be their pivot. They want. I think. I think think we got a dono from uh, Dave Kaplowitz that we got to get to. Okay. Yeah. Let's go and do that. Justin, thank you for the donation as well. One more thing I want to add. Again. Padres seem actually like a great fit for Bassett. Hopefully they lose out on Senga. Bassett would get a big bag there and overpay there. And he reunites with uh, Bob Melvin. So it does make sense. Interesting. And Justin, thank you for that dono again. Let me get some more and then we'll get to Dave's before going forward. Um, Nemo just tweeted LGM glad to be back. That's awesome. This guy wanted to be here. That's like like Jake didn't want to be here. Oh, Love okay. Uh, Pete, thank you for the donation. Uh, let me get to some more. Ali, thank you so much. Verlander, Max, and Sanga, 100%. Oof. Let's hope that we get Sanga. That'll be so sexy. Love other fans whining. They're scared. LGM Gobanis. That was from earlier. I'm just catching up because there's a lot of comments. By the way, Wardy, I, I got to teach you because we got LFGM in there. I got to teach you FMGB. Fuck me, F- Gobanis. That's <laughs> what we would say in college. When we would do something really stupid, we'd just be like, fuck me, Gobanis. Take a shot and do something. 
You guys didn't know Garrett Cole's a three twenty four million dollar fraud. Oh, we knew. I knew that from the get go. Oh yeah, <laughs> literally knew that from the get go. I love what the Mets are doing, but I think we need at least two more bats. I don't know about at least two, but I think if the Mets can get another strong bat with more slug, I think they will be in a good position along with giving the kids playing time. So remember that too. Mets are going to give a solid leash starting with Francisco Alvarez and others. Sign Joe Sorrell for pitching depth. Who says no? Fuck we yeah, Dave. Here. We, Fuck Joe, yeah. Joe's, Joe's the tall, lengthy, flame-throwing right-hander that we've always needed. Who I don't needs know about flame-throwing. I'm coming in like 87 right now. Hey, I got yeah, a yeah, hell that, of a slider, that, man. I got that, a hell of a slider. It'll make you look like a ballerina spinning on your back foot. You're throwing 87 this year in men's league when you haven't thrown. When was the last time you played? Two and a half years. That's still damn good. Yeah. You're not, you weren't practicing over that time. No, I, I haven't thrown a baseball in over a year up until this August when I started throwing for uh, that role that I just posted. Oh, you're not on Instagram. That's right. I just posted the pictures today. My, uh, my cameo on all American homecoming aired last week where I was playing the opposing pitcher uh, in a playoff game. And that's what made me start throwing. And then I just got the itch and uh, yeah, started playing semi-pro ball in SoCal. And yeah, I mean, season ended disappointingly. We lost in the semifinals, but had a hell of a winning streak going into the playoffs, rattled off like eight, nine in a row. There you go. There we go. Well, well, one thing I want to add, and this is this is a great point. This is why I despise the owners that don't spend in baseball. How in the hell do we live in a world where, especially for Mets fans that dealt with the Wolpons, are now being penalized for having an owner that gives a shit and also coincidentally has the absolute bag? You know, when you look at, think about the Steinbrenner situation, George Steinbrenner, same thing happened with him. With the luxury tax, they treat him the same exact way, and it's BS. I don't care that's the Yankees. I'm in favor of team spending because that's what they should be doing and not schmuck owners that don't spend. For all the owners that don't spend, you don't deserve to own a baseball team. I'm sorry. The fans deserve better. We as Mets fans have known for so long. That's why there's still pessimistic Mets fans towards Cohen that think that they're going to still somehow penny pinch, which blows my mind. I don't know how they think that way. But this is a great tweet I see here that I was tagged in. The Mets' total payroll is going to breach $305 million easily, and they aren't even done adding to their team. Reds' majority owner, Bob Castellini, is worth $396 million. Think about that. Including tax, the Mets' payroll next year is going to be worth more than the Reds' majority owner. And that's why the Reds, anytime they get someone who's decent, ship them off, and why the Mets are, you know, in it to win it. By the way, Steve Cohen, 390 mil is like 1.75% of his net worth. What one like Steve, Steve. That's let, actually let, let me hold a mil. Let me hold a fucking mil, Steve. <laughs> Come on. 1.75% of his net worth. Just one. Just one. Like fucking, fucking, just give me 500 grand. Just Steve, who cares? Steve. <laughs> let me hold a milli, baby. Let me hold a milli, baby. <laughs> Steve A. Cohen is my dad. He's he's all of our dads. He's our, actually he's our uncle. I think you could rightfully argue he might be your dad. Grant, shout out to Jenny Metz here, one of the best uh, Twitter accounts you'll find. Great friend of mine. Um, make sure to check him out on Twitter. Um, Anthony Record twenty twenty four for president. <laughs> what? Okay, there we go. Uh, let's see. JV says we have the same. Up, he, he'd be cleaning up vomit in the White House. <laughs> no, you're giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, poor wreck. It seems like everyone's kids are getting sick this time of year. It sucks. Yeah. We have the same offensive lineup, and we're still looking to sign pitchers. 
<laughs> um, yeah, we are because Kodai Senga needs to be our number three. It's almost like the Mets don't have a number three right now. Joe, do the Mets have a number three? Pitcher? Yeah. Quintana? No. He started game one of the playoffs for the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals, bro. He's they not were, your number they three. They won their division. Quintana's absolutely a suitable number three. He's a number four on a team that's trying to fucking win a World Series. But a sub three ERA, point, uh, 0.43 home runs per nine. I mean, the guy is absolutely a suitable number three. He's just, I mean, if he's your number four, you're in damn good shape. And that's what that's what I'm trying to reaffirm here. That's why the Mets sign him to be their number four, number five, not their number three. And JV, you got to realize Kodai Singh's market is hot and the Mets are heavily prioritizing him. Because offensively, there isn't anything out there that's wowing for the Mets to be going, you know, balls deep on part of my French right now. Like, there's nothing bigger than Kodai Senga right now with what's available on the market for what the Mets need still for the rotation. Offensively, they can address that in various routes, whether that's still some options of free agency that's not going to be rushed as much, or to something via trade that can be suitable for them as well in the DH slash quarter outfield position, however they want to go about things, you know, especially if they want to have a situation where if they say trade Canna or have Canna go in and out with someone else, because we know Canna doesn't play every day usually. And that's only going to continue as he gets older on this Mets team. He's Ken is great for what he is, but he's usually a guy that's starting between one and two games out of a three game series. So Mets are going to get creative. They're going to add offense. I assure you. Uh, but right now the focus is on Kodai Senga and for good reason. Um, thank you for that donation. Matthew says, is Mauricio making a strong case for a good trade piece or too soon? No way he stays a Met, right? I, it's crazy to think about, but I do think that Mauricio may kind of be playing his way into a potential role with the Mets in the future if they finally throw him an outfield glove or start toying him at third. Yes, you have Brett Beatty. Yes, you have Mark Vientos. But if Mauricio's bat progresses better than both of them, as defense is at least solid, a little below our average at third, it's something to consider because Mauricio's quite literally the best player in the Dominican Winter League right now. Oh, he's yeah. facing a lot of talent that's far superior to what he's seen in, in double-A ball right now uh, for um, who's double-A, uh, Bennington. Right, right. But here, here's what I'll say, and I think someone, Jesse, in the comments just alluded to this. Why can't he play second base? Well, Jeff McNeil... I would say maybe a year ago, if Mauricio was closer to coming up, I'd say move McNeil to left field. You know, this is probably Mark Canna's last year with the Mets, although I love him. I hope he sticks around. Uh, but I would say move McNeil to left, put Mauricio at second. Jeff McNeil just played a gold glove caliber second base this year. So I don't know if I want to move him away from second base. Now, I mean, maybe Mauricio can slot into an outfield spot. I don't know. If not, he is a prime trade candidate. Not for anyone, not for a relief pitcher at the deadline. I'm talking for an Otani deal. Mauricio is the kind of guy who would be a centerpiece of an Otani deal, like him, Parada. Um, you know, I don't really want to let go of Alex Ramirez because at the end of Nimmo's eight-year contract, he'll probably be playing the corners. Ramirez will probably be in center. Um, but yeah, Mauricio, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with him. You could put him in second, bump McNeil to the outfield. You could put him in the outfield, or he can be, you know, really a, a centerpiece of a massive trade, an Otani-like trade. That's true. And again, if his development right now can lead to a potential Otani deal, as much as I don't want to trade for Otani when he's going to be a free agent, if it's a scenario where you land Otani at the trade line automatically puts you over the top, which I'm sure it would, not only for the division, but potentially the entire NL, 
It's something worth doing. And then you get ahead on negotiations on potentially resigning him. 100%. 100%. So, again, there's there's pros and cons to the Otani route with trading for him. I, I understand the viewpoint of not wanting to wait until he's a free agent. And I also understand the viewpoint of wanting to acquire him ahead of time. So, both fair arguments for sure. Let's get into some more comments here. And then, Joe, um, I want to get like your closing thoughts on things. Um, let's see. Is Gourmet still with the Mets? Yes, he is. He's a keeper and can play anywhere you put him. Yep. Gourmet. It's easy to forget about Gourmet, especially in an offseason, right? Um, but Luis had a phenomenal year for the Mets. Truly broke out as an on-base cane. Uh, a guy that just was even better with his glove. The best defensive infielder the Mets have on this team, which says a lot when you have Jeff McGill and Francisco Lindor beside him. But I really don't think I, I will make that argument that Gourmet is the best glove in that infield. What do you agree yeah. or disagree? 100%. Guillaume is a big reason why on a 26-man roster, I don't really see Beatty and Escobar both sharing the roster at the same time because neither of them are plus defenders. You know, it's not worth it to have one of them on the bench as a late-inning replacement. Guillaume is a crucial part of this team and any success that this team has, both, you know, at the plate where he was up there with Nimmo and Mark Canna as guys who would work pitchers deep in accounts. He averaged, I believe, four and a half pitches seen per at-bat. And then in the field, his glove is just, I mean... The fact that he wasn't a finalist for that utility goal glove is utter bullshit. Yeah. I especially that there's a ut imagine having a utility goal glove and Gourmet still doesn't check off that box. It's absurd. I don't know. I, it might have been an innings thing. I think it was an innings thing, but at the same time, how could you argue an innings thing when you're a utility guy? Right. The whole point of being a utility guy is by not playing as many innings as a starter, usually. You know, it just doesn't make sense. But I digress. Uh, Mock, thank you so much for the dono. He says, Nimmo's played more than 93 games twice in seven years. I'm sure the next eight years are going to be different while he's in his 30s. I, I, I cue the pessimism there from that comment. And again, I hope I hope for Nimmo's sake that he can stay healthy. Yes, there's 100% risks in his deal, but you have to realize one more time that there is no better surefire guarantee on an impact center fielder right now that was available than Brandon Nimmo. And a guy that can be a homegrown talent for the Mets. I think they're really prided by that thought. I think they love the idea of making him the next team captain of this club, as it was reported multiple times throughout last offseason and during the season. Now, in the scenario where the Mets extend Nemo, that he will likely be their captain or at worst co captain with someone such as uh, that being in Pete Alonso. Yeah. So the, you got to realize there's more that goes into it than, again, I understand the concerns with Nemo. His injuries. I'm not discrediting or disagreeing with that because it's true. But what is also true is that Nimmo, when he is on the field, is an unbelievably impactful player. And I think something that deserves so much more credit is a guy that just two off seasons ago, when the Mets were in on George Springer, right? I mean, we were all quick to say, oh, either trade Nimmo or put him in the corner, right? Because he's not a true center fielder. And at the time, his defense was really suspect. Since then, he has become one of the better center fielders in baseball at a 90 percentile of outs above average this year defensively. He was freaking elite. He, he, he was, he, he's another one. Yeah. I mean, the Mets had, you know, Tomas Nito was our only gold glove finalist. They didn't have a single winner. They should have had Nimmo, McNeil, and Guillaume all be gold glove finalists this year. I mean, that catch Nimmo made when uh, Jake pitched when we beat the Dodgers in that late August, early September City Field game. That was one of the best catches I've ever seen. Nimmo is a gold glove caliber center fielder. Shout out Tom Z in the comments who said low-key Nimmo's a gold glove caliber guy. Not low-key, high-key he is. And that's that's part of the reason, just as much as his offensive prowess and his on-base percentage, his glove is just as much part of the reason why it was a necessity to bring him back. And thank you, Dave, for another compliment. 
Yeah, thank you, Dave, for that. I always appreciate you, brother. Let's see if we got Fuck any more in here. Two years, 10 mil. Two years, 10 mil. You'll take, I guess you'll take that, right? You'll take it all. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Hey, sorry, babe. I'm moving back to New York. <laughs> would love to have you on a metcast pod let's go mets raymond awesome brother yeah appreciate the offer reach out to me on social media it is difficult sometimes through dms but i'll try to get back to you when i can again appreciate that brother thank you um let's see here uh if there's anything else sean thank you for the donation um okay so cj the mets need another real threat in that lab happy nemo's back lgm 100 agree with that um joe my raw reactions to you regarding everything that the Mets have done to this point, right? Now, when you look at Kodai Senga, what do you think the likelihood is of the Mets landing him right now? Because for me, I think the Mets are, if not a, the favorite, then very close to being the favorite. And then you also add in, there's one team I'm concerned about for Kodai Senga. It's the same team I've always been Padres. concerned about. Padres. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even go in hand with their spending as much, even though that they're crazy, you know, they offer $340 million to Trey Turner. He says no, because he wants to go back to the East coast. Regardless, they offer a huge bag to Aaron judge. He says no, because he wants to stay with the Yanks and be a homegrown talent there through and through. Wait, then wait, they- hold on. Hold on. Trey Turner and Aaron judge turned down bigger deals to go elsewhere. Oh my God. Jacob DeGrom. It's actually like that happens once in a while when guys have loyalty. <laughs> Fuck face. <laughs> Don't don't show record this. That's all I yeah, got. Um, but then you see they land Xander Bogarts 280 over 11 years, ridiculous contract, not gonna age well, but a good AAV for them. Um, yeah, but the Padres, you have two pla- two players that are former teammates with Kodai Senga, that being in Nick Martinez, the reliever, and the other reliever, Robert Suarez, who both got nice new contracts after signing one-year deals to enter the MLB last offseason with San Diego. And you, Darvish, is quite literally one of Kodai Senga's closer friends um, for years on end. So that, along with the fact that they're desperate for pitching, they're in on Senga, do you think that the Mets will have a better likelihood of still landing Senga over the Padres? Like, what's your concern level with San Diego? And two, what is your expectation level with the Mets actually landing this guy? Concern level is high expectation level is also high. The concern level is high because of what you just said about you, Darvish. I didn't even think of Martinez or Suarez and the fact that they pitched uh, with Senga overseas. Yeah. But you, Darvish, a guy who could speak to Senga, uh, speak to Senga in Japanese, that familiarity, that comfortability, being good friends, that matters a lot. So I think Billy Epler is really going to have to rely on his relationship with Shohei Otani and Kode Senga is going to have to trust Billy Epler that the Mets are going to make a legitimate push to sign or trade for Shohei Otani in at most a year's time. I think that part of getting Senga is selling him on the fact that we're we're going to be players for Otani. And I think that going out and getting Verlander, going out and signing Diaz, re-signing Nimmo, uh, signing Quintana, I think that the way the Mets are spending this offseason to Senga will help make him believe that the Mets are going to spend or trade to make an effort to make a push to get Otani. And I think that'll make him believe it's worth coming to New York, where he'll have a little familiarity, a little comfortability, someone else in the locker room who speaks his native language. I think that matters. I think that matters a lot. I mean, look, Southern California, you know, West Coast, probably the top spot to go if you're a player coming over from Asia. New York, not far behind. So Billy Epler having that relationship with Otani, I think it's going to be a big selling point here. And also telling Senga, hey, look, we've got a lot of guys on these two-year deals 
we're not going to have a lot of pitching after 2024. I think that selling Senga on, we're going to make a push for you and Otani, you guys are going to be in this rotation for the next five plus years. I, I think that's going to be a, a legitimate piece of, uh, of this negotiation. And I think we get Senga. I think right now I'd say it's 70, 30 in favor of the Mets. That's crazy. And it's nuts because not only the Mets, you can rightfully argue the Padres and the Dodgers are all on in the same category as the Mets with wanting Senga and two using him as a further help to Lan Otani. Okay. The Dodgers are going to go nuts. And that's actually a good reason as to why we might not see the Dodgers do anything overly crazy with spending this offseason because they want Otani really bad and they're going to give him an absolute bag of an offer next offseason should he make it a free agency, right? Um, and then you look at the Padres, same exact thing. They have you Darvish already. They land Senga. They're like, oh my God, let's just make the trio happen then next offseason with Lenny Otani. And then they still have, they would have Otani and then one more year of Juan Soto before he's a free agent. So they're in this win now stage. Uh, and the Mets, the big thing again, if the Mets can start to change this market, we know how big the Asian descent is in New York, right? They have they have so many people from either Japan, Korea, China. Oh my God, the Asian Korea. population. Forget just New York City as a whole. Flushing Queens. Oh, Where I know. Where Field it, is it, it, Flushing exactly. Queens. I mean, exactly. come on. Yeah, come on. No shortage there. I, and, I mean, and, uh, you know, I know people always say the West Coast is you know better to move to if you're Asian. Flushing Queens. I mean, come on. It's no contest. And I know that a lot of, you know, Japanese players have not been in love the, with the idea of coming to the East because of the weather, because these guys are playing indoors. Got to keep that. That is definitely a factor. But, you right. know, you see Masataka Yoshida go to Boston. That's encouraging for me. Even say Suzuki going to Chicago. It's not warm there. So it's at least good to see that transition. Hopefully that continues among pitchers, that being in Kodai Senga, and then hopefully the same in Shohei Otani. Um, but I'm just, I'm very, very excited because, you know, one last thing I want to make a note of uh, with Flushing and, you know, the Asian descent is I remember I, I, I've emphasized this a couple times now on the show, but going to a Mets game last year against the Toronto Blue Jays, Hunjin Ryu on the bump as their Southpaw starter when it was Korean night. The entire visitors section was all Korean descent. That was very cool. And that's the type of diversity that we can definitely see more of at City Field. Just imagine they get Otani and Otani's biggest lover that has a platform is now a part of the Mets and Ben Verlander. Ben Verlander. He's <laughs> passing. He's on his knees for Shohei Otani, baby. We, we, we got to get Ben on the show. I think that's actually probably one of the next things that we should do. Honestly. I think that would actually be a good idea. Talk Why about JB. Not? Why yeah. not? We'll, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll, we'll get Ben on here. But let me address a couple more donos, and then, uh, Joe, I'll get you out of here if you're short on time. JV, thank you for the dono. He says, Schwarber, Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Real Muto, I'm salivating. What's wrong with slugging your way to the World Series? Nothing wrong with that. The Phillies proved that. But at the same time, the Phillies came short because they simply weren't as well-rounded as what the Astros are. Um, and again, the, they are better than what they were last year wholeheartedly. And I agree that slugging definitely helps. And I hope that the Mets address it more than what they have to this point, which is by doing nothing different offensively. I believe they will. It's just a matter of to what extent. That's what we're going to see this offseason. F-Face from Joe Serralo, 2022. So inspirational. You said it, LeCap. That's funny. Jim, my new Instagram bio. There you go. <laughs> Jim Fraley um, with $5 donation. The thing that helps the Mets with saying is he wants to pitch in the big market. What's bigger? Than, one, big market. And two, he wants to go to a winner. 
all these moves tell you is that the Mets are going all in for this upcoming season, all in. So you got to imagine that that entices Sanga quite a bit. Um, apart from Robertson and Raley, all the moves have been lateral moves thus far. Verlander equal to Grom, um, Quintana equals Bassett, uh, Nimmo, um, uh, and then Mets bring back Nimmo. Need impact bat or arm? Yeah, I agree, I, and I think the Mets are going to do both. I think they're really going to do their best to get Sanga, which is what we know, and hopefully they land one more. Um, bat for this lineup that is of significance again that bat is just a big question mark because i have no clue who it's going to be right now and uh, i don't see andrew benatendi coming here because benatendi really only would have made sense if they lost out on Nimmo. one bat who i could see the mets gambling on because of how cheap he's going to be versus the rest of, versus a lot of other players out in the market as long as he has interesting interest in return and rekindling that relationship is michael conforto if they give him a good amount of playing time and maybe trade Canna per se or split time between the two, no, I, I'd rather I have Mark Canna. I know, but home run power wise, Conforto, if, if he gets back to his normal self, he can easily give you 25 tops, 30 home runs a season. You know, if, if you're looking for a bat that, again, will be realistic with this payroll, um, if they don't do via trade, I do think that there is some realism to Michael Conforto. The only thing I, that I think that can go to d- against it is his lack of interest because he probably wants to go to a team where he's guaranteed playing time, right? Yeah, so. but how, how, how could you be guaranteed playing time after a year of not playing? I mean, he, he needs I mean, to prove it, it somewhere. Nah, if he goes to like Colorado, he could be playing every day. All right, go to Colorado. And then he'll spark his offensive numbers. Go to Cincinnati. Like, he yeah, should, he should do, he should be smart and do that, actually. Yeah, I mean, he'll play meaningless baseball for a year, but he'll get reps in. Yep, and, and, I, and I those mean, offensive numbers will be inflated. Yeah, no. I just uh, I think that, that that bridge has been burned between Conforto and the Mets. I like Michael Conforto. I, I sincerely do wish him the best. I don't think he's going to end up with any team that's a contender. I think if any contender was going to sign Conforto, it would have been the Astros around deadline time when they were in talks with him. Uh, but I don't Watch think Conforto is going to see where where is he going to get playing time with Seattle? He can fill the role that Jesse Winker was. So they D8 lose Hanegar. Corner outfield. They lose Winker. They lose Haniger. They have Julio. They have Kalenich. Dylan Moore is pretty Kalenich good. Is probably going to get traded. I think the Mariners are invested in Kalenich. I, I I think they're I I disagree with that actually. I think that they've they rushed him, which is shame on them for that. I knew they rushed him when they brought him up in, originally. Yeah. Um, Kalenich's a very emotional player, and I think that they could use him as a deal to have him get a change of scenery. Wouldn't be surprised is what I'm saying. But maybe, but but Conforto's I, I don't think he's gonna end up on a contender. I really don't. I think if any team signs him, it's gonna be it's gonna be an Arizona, it's gonna be a I don't even know, a Miami. Oh, Seattle, I mean it's interesting because he went to school up in Oregon. Is he is he from Oregon? Where's he from? He's from Washington. Oh, he's from Washington. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't really see too many contenders. the Mets, I think that bridge has been burned. Or if they don't get, I, I don't see why he would want to go there. But I, again, contending team, right? If they don't get Benatendi, the Blue Jays, you'd have to imagine, would want a Michael Conforto. They need a lefty bat more than anything right now. All they have is righties, and he would be a fit for them. Because they were in on Cody Bellinger. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And they I guess wanted it, Nimmo. Nimmo was their priority. They traded Teoscar with hopes of going all in on Nimmo, and they lost out on Nimmo. So yeah. if they don't land Benatendi, then that's another potential fit for Mike. They haven't landed anyone. 
No, they're they having to go out there and sign some damn pitchers before they do anything yeah. else. And they have catchers that they're willing to trade good ones, but the Cardinals were a fit and now they just signed Contreras. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, a fit that's off the board for them via trade. Yeah. So there we go. Jared Kalenich for James McCann. I'll do it. Who says no? <laughs> I'll even throw in Darren Ruff because I'm a generous guy. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from Robertson and Real, oh, we discussed that already. Um, thank you for that dono again. Let me see what else we got here before we wrap things up, guys. Again, continue smashing that like and subscribe on. I was getting a thousand likes here on YouTube for people live or on replay. Greatly appreciate it. And make sure to check out the Believe in Queens podcast wherever you get podcasts. That's on Spotify, Apple, Google. I mean, literally anywhere and everywhere that you can find your audio podcast. Make sure to follow us there. Rate, review, listen. Normally, we have Anthony Recker with us. Recky Rec was caught up in some things tonight, and that's perfectly fine. Um, we're excited to hear Rec's thoughts <laughs> um, uh, uh, next week. <laughs> Poor Rec. I love the guy. <laughs> uh, $5 donation from Sean says, You guys touched on this, but these acquisitions served to prove the saying that we're all in. Also, give Nimmo the C on his jersey. I think Nimmo's going to be captain. I-, I really do. I stand by that from everything that's been reported. Thank you for the donation, Sean. Um, JV, when our offense sputters again, it's good to know we still have rough. They got to do better. JV, why are you being so pessimistic when I'm saying the Mets are likely not done offensively? Are those pesos? <laughs> is that is that the P? Is that 250 so, yeah. pesos? Yeah. JV's a great supporter. He's just... Love he's, it. Our show, wants, our show is fucking international. I love it. I saw yeah. the P. At first, I was like, pounds? And then I was like, no, pesos. Yeah, I appreciate that, JV. Thank you. But with that being said, I, I don't think there's any more th- to add. Uh, let me check on Twitter to see if there's any updates, and then we'll get and then we'll get ready with wrapping up the show. Craziness, dude. Cra- I had just hopped off of Xbox. I played for like literally like a half hour, just cooling down a little bit. Wasn't expecting a live stream today. I was like, I live streamed three times oh, yesterday. Philippines. Thank you for clarifying, oh, JB. Sorry about that. Gotcha. Thank you. Apologies. I, I hope J- I JB's even you. more mad. I'm sorry, JB. I know. I, I hope I didn't offend you, JB. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, genuinely mean, asking. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mean that. JD um, Martinez. Hmm. JD Martinez is back, was absolutely cooked last year. That's my concern. Yeah. His second half was the two big bats that we would have liked the Mets to land either of them at the trade deadline and himself and Josh Bell fell off a cliff in the second half of the season. Josh Bell did fall off a cliff. That did happen. That is true. You're not making that up. Yep. But you know, any last words, Joe, I think, I think we hit the nail on the head. Baby LFGM. We're not done. We're not done. We aren't done. We're not done. Yeah. LFGM. So guys, make sure to smash that like and subscribe on again on here on YouTube. Big giveaway on the channel at Wordy NYM. So make sure to check out for that one. And yeah, that's all I got for you guys. So make sure to check out the podcast as always, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, all that fun stuff. This is Wordy sign out. Joe Serralo is out of here and have a great rest of your night, folks. Let's go Mets, baby. Talk to you guys again real soon. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.